Hey, it's Chris Lindsay, and you're listening to Pitch List, the songwriter's podcast. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pitch List. I've got a special guest today, and I'm really excited to tell you about it. I'm not even going to do a big wind-up. I'm just going to tell you that I have Colby Calais in the studio here at Amyland right now. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. You know, um, we met at the BMI Awards last week mm-hmm. at Nashville. We happened to be seated at a table together, you and your manager. Yeah. Great guy. And got to talk briefly. And uh, I called up and asked you to do this. I had, You didn't know me from Adam. And I think <laughs> it's really sweet that you gave your time to do this. My pleasure. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. And... Uh, I've been talking since we talked about this to uh, several of the ladies that I work with and um, guys too, all really excited you're going to be on the show. Oh, that's so really cool. Um, really. Well, it's an honor to be here talking with you. You're a legend. Uh, all that you do is really, it's just unbelievable. And so uh, I feel really special. <laughs> <laughs> well, so as I was telling you before, we've done, I think maybe seven episodes and we're talking about songwriting. Now you have a, an incredible artist career. And, you know, videos, performing, you've been all over the world. You've had giant pop hits. The slant of our talks usually more about songwriting, if that's mm-hmm. okay with you. Absolutely. Because uh, I think mostly, I don't think it's mostly, but a lot of songwriters tune in. So uh, I'm going to start in that. I do want to do some backstory with you. So as we were talking, you grew up in California. Yep. A little bit more rural California. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it yeah. was definitely the suburbs, but I it wasn't. Yeah. I was outside of LA, so um, I was born in Malibu, and then um, like right at like overlooking the ocean at this cliff house that my parents like had at this time. It was amazing, and then we moved like twenty minutes inland, and um, and that's where I grew up, and and basically just moved from like a year ago till to when I moved here. So I would say uh, I've been through that area, pretty idyllic uh, place to grow up. Your your father. Yeah. Is a big time engineer producer with Fleetwood Mac and mm-hmm. lots of other people we were talking about. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he is. Uh, what, what's his name? Ken Calais. Ken Calais. Yeah. Awesome. So you grew up around the business. Yeah. My wife, uh, Amy Mayo, who I don't, you met that night, um, her father was a big country songwriter here in town. Okay. And being with Amy for 20 years now, um, it there are some distinct advantages to growing up around the business. Do you yeah. do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had so many tools that my parents gave me um, knowledge, information, um, uh, access. You know that I the the reason I recorded my first album that was just my demo. Um, which was Coco. Uh, it was my dad's friend who was a producer who lived down the street from our house and he just recorded the songs for fun. And it just is kind of what happened. And my parents were the ones that told me since I wanted to be a singer that I should take vocal lessons and piano lessons and guitar lessons. And my dad taught me about song structure and I've been watching him in the studio and he had a you know mixing console in our living room forever. So um, having all those tools and, and watching it since I was a kid growing up, it was really helpful. Yeah. Now it's interesting. So, uh, w- was it one of his friends that produced your first record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually so, one of his like previous client friends. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that because I have teenagers now who are doing music, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure eventually they're going to want to start getting pretty serious about it. I know yeah. they will. 
I think I'll do the same thing mm -hmm. because I don't think I don't think I could produce a record on my kid in the beginning anyway because it, I think it'd be, it was difficult. My one of my kids is a piano player, mm -hmm. and we got him a teacher because I think it's 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 really hard, you know, to collaborate. Mm -hmm. It seems smart on his part that that you guys did it that way. Yeah, I mean, I. They just helped me become more responsible, and I I wanted to sing only, and they were the ones that told me, recommended I learn how to play an instrument and become a songwriter as well. Right, because yeah, yeah which is great advice. Because really, you control your destiny. Yeah, I'm so with your glad. Material and writing, it, is yeah, it, it's the best. It's the most freeing feeling. It's like therapy. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? I, if you write two or three days a week, I don't think you need therapy. Well, you <laughs> might. You might. But it's really helpful, isn't it? I it think is. It is. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, because I haven't heard, is your mother musical also? Um, not fully. I mean, she actually can sing, but she never did anything in music. Um, she, My parents met at the Village uh, recording studio in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, my mom worked at the studio, and my dad was there really? producing Fleetwood Mac. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how they met. But, no, she didn't. Um, once she had us, like they had, um, my sister and I, like very soon after and, uh, and she was a stay at home mom taking care of us. Wow. Now, do you have memories as a child from your childhood of Fleetwood Mac recording? Did you get to go down and watch and things? Well, or? that was when he was making, um, rumors and Tusk that was in the seventies. So I was, I correct. It was before me. This is correct. But, All right. But, I, I just, I first blew my first one. Okay. I, but yeah, no, I, get I mean, that. you're right. Hell yeah. Okay. But absolutely, they but were around. But other projects, and, as 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 he kept working, I'm sure he did. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. and he stayed friends with them. So that was like I. It was I just I had so many experiences in Hawaii, going to um, John McVie's house, and I went to London. My dad was recording something with Christine McVie when I was like a teenager, and I borrowed Stevie Nicks jacket at her house in Malibu for the my first Grammy uh, appearance, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where, but like they weren't like childhood friends. I hundred uh, family friends right. that I grew up with because they were the kind time. of done by the time you came along. Um, yeah. With the and bulk of their career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they still have to be proud of you. Oh yeah. It's actually, I've, I've, well, Mick is still really close with my dad. Um, mm. he actually just, we played a show together in, um, Maui, uh, in May, I had a show there and Mick came and played drums on a couple songs. And oh, we actually, awesome. my band and I did Go Your Own Way. And <laughs> it was, oh my God, he's such an incredible drummer. Just getting to watch him and, and play with him. It's, he's the tallest, nicest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> Isn't it crazy when you get around a great or play with a great musician? I've had that experience a couple of times and it just elevates the entire thing mm -hmm. when you're playing on stage. And you, do you know that feeling? That, I'm sure that's what happened. It, uh, Steve Lukather, a big LA player from Toto. He's uh -huh. a big session guy. He used to come jam with this band we had in LA. And when he would come play with us, it was just a, it, it felt like a, a, a spiritual thing. You it know, it lifted the, the room. The entire room. Honestly, the audience were on their feet. We were all, yeah. there was this, this powerful feeling in the room. Like we all had chills. It was such a, I can't even explain the feeling, but it was so exciting and so positive. And um, it's crazy, isn't it? How yeah, those, they can electric, yeah. electric. How mm -hmm. they bring their entire personality into what they're doing, and it just it, yeah. it, it infects everyone. Yes, and the sound, and it's just a really it's yeah. crazy. I've seen it, uh, Melissa Etheridge. I've seen her do that too. <laughs> um, I actually just did a <clears throat> podcast with her. That's the only other podcast yeah? I have done. Really? Yeah. Is she doing a podcast? Yeah. I 
Yeah, I gotta check is. it out. Mm-hmm. She used to come jam in that little blues band I played in Hollywood when she was just breaking. She's incredible. Yeah, she, and she's so sweet. She is a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, I wanted to ask you an, another. I read earlier this morning you did some work with Ryan Tedder. Yeah. Is that on which album did you work um, with him on? That was on uh, my album Gypsy Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. yeah, we did, I think, how many songs did we do? I think, well, we did three songs for that album, but on my album before that, um, uh, uh, I put out Brighter Than the Sun and we wrote that song together and he produced it and it wasn't, yeah, we did that in Denver. But I've known Ryan since before either of us were um, known in the music industry. Um, We had mutual friends in my hometown in Westlake Village and uh, I I knew them when they were um, uh, One Republic or sorry, when they they were Republic. Yes. yes, when they were signed, was it Epic? And they would just shelf that record, right? Because I met mm-hmm. him here. Oh yeah, he was he did tape copy for DreamWorks Records when they set up here in Nashville, oh, wow. and I was the writer at DreamWorks Records. <laughs> Ryan is just he is so unbe- unbelievably good at what he does, he's and amazing. and he's so energetic and and ecstatic about it too. It's mm-hmm. uh, he loves it. He truly loves it. Yeah, I've worked with him on. Uh, we've written. Two or three things. I had a song I did with him that was on Adam Lambert's first record, uh-huh. and then we did some country stuff, too. Um, yeah, he's probably one of the most talented people I've ever been in the room yeah. with. And the other thing, and the reason I wanted to bring him up, he's just absolutely a great person. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was reading about your story, I started a couple of days ago, and I remember this, but I was refreshing myself. You broke on MySpace. Yeah, I did. Now, the other person... Uh, we used to write with Taylor Swift when she was young. Mm-hmm. She was kind of breaking herself on MySpace too. Now, uh-huh. I don't know if it's coinciding with you, but I remember that's the first time I encountered it because when we would take a break from writing, she'd be on her laptop. Brr, I'm like, what are you doing? She's <laughs> like, I'm on uh, MySpace. Talk. I think she was talking to every single one of her fans. Probably, yeah. Literally. Yeah. And uh, and built it from the ground up. Yeah, but you So you did the same thing. I did. You became but- the number one unsigned artist yeah on on myspace MySpace. yeah just people loved your music yeah but that's the craziest part is that my friend from high school put a few of my songs those demo songs i told you my dad's friend recorded they were just demos um i had just written them like just recently before that and my friend's like hey have you heard of myspace music it's like this website that you can put your music up and people can listen to it and he's like can i put a few of your songs up up on there and so he did that and over like four months or something i grew this natural fan base and um i ended up becoming on the top unsigned artist charts there was no planning or preparation i i didn't even understand really what it was and then it, it just happened it was so crazy but i think it's good here's why i think it's good since you kind of broke that way, you were just doing what you did. Yeah. You know, there's always a, a fashion in the music business coming at you, especially in the pop world, mm-hmm. where these A&R people are talking to you about what's cool and what's not cool. Yeah. None of that's entering into your picture when you're taking off. You're just no. doing what's in your heart. Absolutely. And, and my people loved it. It was, yeah, people from around the world. And I had no, I, I, I was 20 years old. I had no idea. I was, I had stage fright. I didn't know if I wanted to be a known artist. I just really loved singing and, and writing songs. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so, so crazy about it is because people chose Bubbly on MySpace, that was the one that people reacted to the most. When I did get signed by Republic Records, we went with Bubbly, obviously, but I can guarantee if we went shopping to any label um, before the whole MySpace thing, 
having those songs, no one would have chosen Bubbly as a single. It it, it right. wasn't. It wouldn't have been an obvious. They would song. have been like. They might have said things like, "Oh, I, I like it," but that's not what's really what's happening right now. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, what's happening now, we don't want to do that. You want to be, who knows what's going to be happening in two yeah. years. And it, it's a moving target. And anyway, if you're shooting at the target, you're probably losing anyway. So you're coming. St- yeah. I, the reason I want to bring it up, I think for anyone listening who's starting out in the business as a performer, writer, or both, the interesting thing about your story is that you really, it was pure. Mm-hmm. It and was. look, and I think that's why those things work because yeah. you're not being interfered with. Yeah. It's straight from your heart. Somebody, your friend sets it up on yeah. this thing. Uh, you don't even know it. Yeah. And uh, as as we both know, being in the business for a while, there are many players who could get involved with that and mm-hmm. say, oh, I don't know about that sound. And let's remix that. And, you know, if you go work with this guy, it'll sound like her record. Absolutely. And, you know, they, how easily it can get messed up. And that's what happened, you know, after that album, because okay. of course everyone wanted to be involved in, yeah, in the too process many cooks of it. In the kitchen. Exactly. Um, and We've that's got a normal. great thing here, so let's screw it up. Exactly. Totally. Why can't they help them? I don't know. I mean, I have seen it so many times. It's every time, unfortunately. It is. And, it, and if you're not a strong enough artist, if you don't know yes. what you want to be, you know, portrayed as or what music you want to put out, then it it it's easier for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I think you have to the artists that I've seen that the more that, that you know what you're doing and mm-hmm. the more sure you're about it, the better it's going to go. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't set out to make that first right. album, Coco. I didn't even try to make that style of music. It's just what I wrote, just what we put a demo down as. Like There was no thought put into right. it whatsoever. So it was, a, it was a really tough, tricky time. And even after, see, this is the thing, and I think it's worth mentioning, even after you had had worldwide pop smashes that mm. you had put together at your own little thing. Mm-hmm. You could still be thinking, well, these people in the music business know what they're doing and I need to listen to them and because that's exactly- they are, they are, these people know how to market and they did this and yeah. they're very smart and they've, uh, they've, they've risen to the level of these positions and it's none of it's true. Yeah. They tend to, I mean, I don't want to say that I've known some great A&R people, but in a, in a way we just idolize their position and it's, it, it, I've done this a long time. Nobody's got a, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And every, everyone's chasing something. Yes. And it takes a really strong person in, in that industry um, or in that uh, whatever job title they have in, in the record world to uh, really be, I don't know. It, you have to let the artist have their creativity and also you have to help guide them because we have to work together. It's not just the artist putting right. out their music. Obviously, right. everyone has a huge job to do. And and because of all of that is the reason there's radio success and songwriting success and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's not to it's not to talk down. No, on. no, no, no. It, it is a definite. It's a it's a giant business. And you, yeah. I mean, it's like if you look at these tours, you're out on tour, you got you got like 20 semis out there. Yeah. You got dr- truck drivers. You got feed people. You It's like a small military operation. Yeah. It's not, uh, no, it's not possible. And people have to have ownership mm-hmm. at, at every level or they don't, or you can't really, I don't think you get the best out of people unless they feel like they're contributing. Absolutely. And they, and they have some kind of say in the way it's going to happen. I think it's just worth pointing out that the way you started kept it pure. And so do you do feel like maybe the water got muddied after? Instant, instantly after. Yeah. I was uh, obviously told to lose weight because I was a little heavier. Um, (laughs) Had had, uh, hair and makeup teams, which is Uh 
exciting and fun, but I didn't ever do my hair and makeup. So I was more, you know, just uh, basic looking or something like that. I don't even know. Um, and then, and then, yeah, getting a stage coach and getting, um, you know, a stylist and being put in very uh, sexy, small outfits and high yeah. heels and told to run around on stage, all that kind of stuff that wasn't who I was. And, and because I didn't know, I knew it didn't feel right, but I also didn't know if I should listen or not. And, and it just slowly veered me away from what I, I knew was right. Do you, did you feel like there was a point where it was sort of, did you, did you feel like you were disconnecting from your audience a little bit through that process or not so much that as just, it didn't feel right. I, the, the thing with me is at the time I didn't even know about my connection with my audience because it happened so fast. I, I instantly yeah. got a record deal. I went on tour that summer mm -hmm. with the Goo Goo Dolls and I had stage fright. So I didn't want to tour. I didn't want to do TV performances. I almost canceled every show. I would cry before I'd go on stage. It was something that I had to figure out and work wow. out. Wow. So it you was, really did it's a little bit of Karen Carpenter thing going on. 100%. And Not it was, the, she had some major problems, but she, I don't know if you're familiar with Karen Carpenter from the Carpenter. She's just unbelievable female singer, but I think she was very reluctant mm -hmm. to be on stage. She actually started out as the drummer. Wow. I didn't and know that. And then they, she found out she sang like that. And, um, so yeah, you just had these giant hits pop out and then you're like on this massive tour if you have stage fright and you're young mm -hmm. and you really probably have spent a lot of time on stage. I had never. I'd done so the, school talent shows. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so I think, you know, the 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 movement coaches and that that can be good because that can and give you were. confidence and make you able to enjoy it more. They helped me. I stood yeah. on stage before my eyes closed and I didn't talk to the audience. And, and I, I love my stage coach. I still am friends with her today. But mm -hmm. we, it, it wasn't just that. It was the, the whole no, thing of every single person that w had their ideas for what you should become. And then you slowly are very confused. Well, you break, you break big and you've got these giant hits. So these people are all coming in and they're going to try to conform you mm -hmm. to the image that the consistent image out there of these girls running around in their uh, bikinis. Yeah. They're, they're all wearing their underwear basically. And that's still going on. It's I often, on. and I am, listen, I'm the last guy in the world. If anybody, you know me, you know, I'm not a prude. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I understand why all these female artists have to run around in their underwear all the time. Mm -hmm. What is that? Guys don't have to do. What is that? Well, girls also now, they they like it too, and I, half of them I feel like are are told to be that way, and and, and right. it's unnatural. And then others, I hey, it's girls do like I, to dress and, up. And, and you know feel... what? They, that's true. Okay, and I totally get that. But you're right. But you know, I as this is just the natural world, and it's smaller. But there were two or three acts, and I don't want to name them that I worked with through the years, where a girl was an unbelievable singer, and we had executives. Saying lose weight, she's got to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Put her, we'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. If she loses thirty pounds, we'll make a video. It's just like man. And then when Adele finally broke, I was just like, thank the Lord, <laughs> exactly, thank the Lord. They could. She sold nine million records, man. Y'all can't say nothing now. No. I'm sick of this. If somebody's uncomfortable in their own skin. Okay. Yeah. You know, and if somebody wants to get healthy, that's great. Exactly. But I don't think it's our place to be. And I don't think people really care. I don't think the fans care like that. They don't care. And I think that's what I would like my message to be to anyone in the industry or who's who's helping guide a, a new artist is to sit with them and talk with them and maybe even in like a therapy session of some sort to really get to the understanding of 
who the artist is and who they can become because you can hone in on the the special qualities that they have that they can become and people like that girl next door or Absolutely. someone who wears glasses or someone who is not you know super skinny Your, perfect body yeah yeah because exactly. there's different people and you know, so it, they should just they should be able to um, bring the best parts out of those people for who they are. Yes. But yeah, I think it's just what I've learned after I wrote my song Try, which was, it was such an incredible right. feeling to be in the room with three wonderful gentlemen and writing a song with, with three guys about how I can wear less makeup and, and, and not worry about what I think and not alter myself in hopes that people will like me better. And three guys who can help me you know, remember that and, mm -hmm. and drill that into my own mind. And, yes. and so I just think it's about being That's comfortable. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Pitch List will be right back. So next question uh, I've got to ask, you are now living in Nashville, Tennessee. I am. And I love it. Do you? Yeah. That, yeah. that was my question. I, I I've not heard anybody who doesn't because it's yeah. such a great nurturing community. It but is. I do want to hear your take. So are you are you digging it? Is it fun I for am. you? I am. Yeah. And you know, I've never lived anywhere besides California, Southern wow. California. I've never moved before. Uh, and my fiance, he's from Hawaii and lived in California. And so this is a, both of our first big move. Um, but we had an easy transition because we've been in Nashville many times. Um, we have so many songwriter friends and artist friends here. So they really took us in and introduced us to everyone. And honestly, we felt so welcomed and um, we just have a great community here now. So I, I feel lucky that we were so um, accepted and and that people have been taking good care of us and, and getting to make music here as well. Well, two things I could see from the outside. Um, the the community here has grown into more pop mm -hmm. and more rock, more styles. Okay, where there's big stars coming out of here, mm -hmm. big stars coming out of Nashville. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, your particular style and your vibe work fits here. I think yeah. because you're organic. You're to me. That's how I see you. That's awesome. You, you well, use, thank you. You use classic elements in your tracks. Mm -hmm. Now they are more pop. They're not country, but they're more pop so far. But you know, you use classic elements and, uh, and, and, you know, you're an organic, this is an organic town. That's what, that's the yeah. difference here. Although there are some unbelievable programmers here and all that. So I'm not saying that, but For I'm just sure. saying, um, it seems like a really good, uh, a good match. Yeah. So I've, I've been loving being here writing and just, I've been easing into the writing here. That's what I want to ask you. So have you done some like quote unquote Nashville songwriting sessions? Yeah. I mean, I have. So I did years ago when I was working for my okay, album. Okay, so you were coming in and writing. Yeah, you but it's, it's different because right now I'm not writing for my own music. And so I am having to learn the... I've always written um, with other people for my my right, stuff for you. about something I'm going through in my life. And so this time it's a little, it's a little interesting writing for the possibility of someone to... Right. To want the song and what they might want it to be about, and and I, f I find myself having to let go of more of my, um, you know, being adamant about what the song is about or the concept or a lyric idea or something like that because it's is that, not mine. <laughs> is that is that fun for you, or do you like it, or is it is it? It's challenging. Challenge? It's challenging. Okay. Yeah, because then I feel like I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't weigh in on this because it's not you know it's not about me and what I'm writing about or. 
maybe I shouldn't fight for a line or a melody to be in there because it's not my song. And then I find myself, am I being now too quiet in the session because it's not? Right. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to figure it out. And I guess either yeah. way, just, you should always write well, about what. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No. Yeah. Just all, I think for me, writing about something I'm going through is, is the ma most natural way for me to write. And that's the right thing to do mm -hmm. because I mean, just, I mean, you're going to get the most weight behind that. You're going to feel that and you're going to, you know, I mean, there is, there is, a, it is totally different though. And it would be, I could see, I'm, I'm curious about it because yeah, you're not writing necessarily for yourself. So you mm -hmm. may say, Hey, we might pitch this, pitch this to Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. It's just a division of labor to me. There's going to be things, you know, that you will instinctually know as a great singer that Carrie's going to like or be attracted to. And really you should make the call on that. That's if you're a good in the point. room, you know what I mean? If you're in the room there, if I'm in the room with you, I'm going to be thinking now there's here's, I can give you a list of stuff. She's going to know better than me about even Carrie, a country artist mm -hmm. is going to like, there's just certain things about singers and especially girl stuff. Or, I mean, I, I think the songs between country and pop are very similar now. Yeah. Production styles are different, but Pop has really picked up a lot of country sensibility in their lyric style to me. Absolutely. And I think once you let it go, mm -hmm. it'll be great for you. Now, do you do you go into, I'm just curious myself, do you go into like a session and say you're writing with somebody, do you do the, like the title pitch thing, like they pitch you out a title or pitch concepts, or do you take in little musical pieces? For the new sessions yeah, here that like I'm doing? Yeah, like if you're writing in a Nashville session. Um. Uh, I think it's just it's either we start from scratch or someone has an idea that someone has but it, it does, it's not it, it's not like a yeah no it's it still see, seems very natural like we're starting to yeah. write a song but I just have to get, let go of the fact that it's if it's right it's yeah. not necessarily going to be a Colby Calais yeah, piece but your advice honestly that was so helpful I didn't like you're right as an artist I should be able to weigh in on I, knowing what an artist will want to sing or what an artist will oh, want yeah. to say yeah so. you will and not only that they would want to let you manage for sure the melody mm -hmm. and a lot of lyric content, everything you bring to it, your sensibility would be a, perceived as a freshness here mm. You know, that they okay. would be attracted to. Okay. You don't want to put you in this box. You kind of want to use what you have and let them kind of knock the edges yeah. off that would be too much or would not fit. See, but I find it intimidating intimidating because you guys are all professional songwriters oh. it's a it's a craft it's an art that you guys have mastered and so then i'm like well maybe well maybe they know this is exactly how it should be and it's just a, it's one of those may, and also maybe an insecurity thing because yeah. writing just was like this natural thing that happened and right and when i see people here who are so successful at it that's that is their that is their job and their profession yeah and i've heard that sentiment before okay but I mean, to me, I'm think I'm more in awe of what what you're coming from. What, <laughs> so the combination is going to be. A <laughs> I mean, some of those songs you wrote are just hits, man. I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's like uh, it's just about trying to get that big hit. It's a magic trying to get magic, yeah. man. And even if you're a professional, I think the guys I know who do this would agree. I'm just one guy, but if I ask some of these guys, they'll they agree. Nobody really knows when the magic shows up. It just yeah, does. Yeah. I was reading one of your biggest songs. You said, uh, I don't remember where it was, but you were said it took like 20 minutes to write it. That was and bubbly. I, bubbly. Yeah. And I, 
I've had, you know, everybody I know tells that same story on mm-hmm. some of the biggest stuff. So it just flies out. Yeah. So you, it's really a lot a gift kind of. Yeah, that's, yeah. For the big songs. It wasn't a thought out thing. It was no. just literally, it just was like pushed yeah. out of. Yeah. And I think every art writer will say that. Like, where did it come from? Did it, did I just catch it in an airwave or something mm-hmm. like that? that yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think the quote unquote professional writers, I mean, <laughs> I mean. God, we're just trying to get one or two things out a year. I you know? know, I mean, damn it, we might write eighty songs and I know. You know what I That's mean? It's the like other thing. We're, we're 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 a terrible batting average. You know what I mean? It's well, like, it's not. It doesn't happen every time. That's what I'm I, saying. I am curious how how um how you guys write so much here because it does seem more like a nine to five. Yeah, m- multiple like two, one or two sessions a day. I think and- two's crazy. I, some. Yeah. I've done it and people get hot. They'll do that because they just, they don't, they're, they get so much opportunity that they can't say no. So yeah. they end up doubling up. I think that's a little nuts. And really, I think five days a week is nuts. Yeah. I mean, three is more is reasonable. ideal. To me, I get empty, I get my tank out. And yeah. then I'm just like, well, see, that's what I think. I think I write a song when it may be like once a month and it's just whatever pours out of me. And mm-hmm. then when I think of, I, I don't see how people can write every day because I feel like I would, be empty. I would have nothing more to write about. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I feel like you are mastering your craft by by working on it and working at it that often that you're actually, you know, like the whole 10,000 hours thing, like yeah. you're you're mastering I, it. So I think you're right. There's two, both is happening. Yeah. And if you were to dive into just the pro writer thing and write five days a week for a year, the first thing that would happen is your writing would go to crap. That's the first thing. You know okay. what I mean? If you did five days, I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> okay. But the first thing, the first two months, you'd just be like down in a hole. Mm-hmm. This is a horrible. These songs suck. I can't write songs anymore. I can't write anymore. <laughs> and then you will start to build muscles just like you're going to the gym. Yeah. And then you'll forget about it. And then you'll one day, a, just a giant song will pop out. Yeah. And then another one. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it is a different, different thing than your thing yeah. of storing that energy up. Storing, exactly. And then bam. But some of the greatest stuff ever done was done like that. You know, mm-hmm. John Lennon used to talk about that. He wrote all that stuff like imagine like three days before the session. Oh my gosh. He just watched TV and smoked cigarettes. <laughs> I've read interviews and he's like, we're going to record in two days. Okay. Imagine all the people, wow. you know, he's got what, like 15 minutes in the whole deal, wow. including recording. And oh. I've listened to it 5,000 times. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're, I think your way I think you have the potential to store up and get a bigger shot. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. The professional quote unquote way of just grinding it out. Um, it, it, it's good for what it is. And it works for some people it really does. well. It yeah. I think what happens is they get in the groove. Yeah. They just get in the, get their head down and they get in the groove. And then that's mm-hmm. what works for I, I've debated it forever. I don't really know. See, that's the thing. I mean, like my friend Jimmy Robbins, you know yes, Jimmy Robbins. I know I'm, Jimmy. I'm just like Oh, he he's a maniac. I don't understand it. How can you write either. songs every day and still be that good? How can every one of them be that good? How can you it's just I mean, it's it's incredible. Well so I didn't know. I ran into him at Chris Tompkins' house on Halloween. We we're at a party and I had played a couple shows with Jimmy and I knew him, but I we actually stood and talked. I never really talked to him before. He's telling me he's writing like 200 songs a year. Yeah. I mean, my jaw fell down. I'm like, I can't believe that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I told Amy that. She's like, what? So he's, he's like, I, I asked him, 
about something. He's like, yeah, I'm really tired. I'm like, I start, I'm like, why is he so tired? And then 200 songs in a year. <laughs> that's I'm like, good God, man, that's too much. Yeah. I mean, it, me. it is. I, I think for me too, because I, I, yeah. I don't have the um, energy for that, but, but when I've been in a room with him and he just comes up with an yeah. instant melody or lyric, I'm like, yeah. how, yeah, how did you just come up with that? It's so good. Yeah. And a lot of them do, I guess you just sort of, they just get hooked into the, they're mm-hmm. just mainlined into the ether, man. Yeah. They just don't have time for anything else. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. It is impressive. You just have to pray that your sense of, like you get going on all cylinders, right? Mm-hmm. And you just have to pray that your sensibility intersects with the market. Yeah. You know, cause I've seen that happen too. It was like, this guy's killing it, but nobody cares about that anymore. Yeah. And then, well, and then there's so many factors to make a song a hit. You, yes. There are so many people you have to rely on to to yes. get the job done yeah. in the right way. Otherwise, no one hears it, mm-hmm. and it's sad. I, I wonder how. I always wonder how songwriters, you know, out here in Nashville, when you write that much and you you give your baby away, and yeah. and you're it's in someone else's hands to to take care of. You know, they teach. It's it's not like a school, but there is some wisdom around here and some common knowledge. And they kind this town kind of teaches a thing where. And my first publisher told me. You do have to let your, they teach you to let your songs go. Mm-hmm. So you write them and forget them. Okay. You just walk on. Yeah. You just orphan them. You really have to because you can't Get hang too out attached with them. And, no. Yeah. Because it'll, it'll impede you from writing the next day. Well, that's a good point. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll, uh, there's nothing good that'll come from it and you're not going to work on it anymore. Now, it, sometimes you might come back to a song. Yeah, definitely. Because I tell you the argument I make, and I think you'll agree with this. So we write all the, you know, whatever, 100 songs a year, 200 songs a year, and we're, we're in and out. Some of these guys are doing two sessions a day. Okay, that's all great. What if Jimmy Robbins got put in a room with three other Jimmy Robbins? Okay? Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, we're going to throw you in a studio. You've got one year like Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> now, here's what you have to accomplish in one year. I want 10 tracks. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Go. See you in a year. What would they come up with? They might make the white album. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might be amazing. It might, it, it, you know. Wow. I know exactly. That's, that's a really interesting concept too. I don't know if we're doing it right because Hmm. I don't know someone like Jimmy, if you, you know, got him down to one song a month or him weeding through those 200 and grabbing the gym and I don't know, whatever process it was. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people in town that if you gave that, if you could get them to do that, you, Nobody has a year, mm-hmm. I know, but it's a theoretical thing. Yeah. I think it would be stunning. Well, and I also think about all the songs that are never used, never heard. Yeah. That's, I mean, millions of songs. Oh, yeah. And it's, 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 I, I didn't even know that many songs could be written. I mean, oh, how can we, no, how can people crazy. keep writing it's songs crazy. that Well, much? and I've done this here in town for 22 years, I think, 21 years as a, a professional writer. And... <laughs> Okay, I would say I'll do a lot, often write with a younger co-writer now, and I would say at least half the time they will pitch me a title and I'll say, oh, I wrote that. Yeah. Maybe 75% of the time. 75% of the time I have written something very close to that. Of course. Just like already did it. I might have done it twice. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And sometimes we say similar lines or same words i mean obviously the concepts are all going to have to be the same they are the angle that you write them that is the part that you're 
and, and I've I've been learning a, a lot about that in listening to country music since mm-hmm. I've been here because I really I had never listened much to country music. Yeah. Um, I had friends doing um, you know artists doing country music, and so I would I would get to hear theirs and 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 I really did. Um, grow to love it i it wasn't a natural thing i liked more reggae and like classic right. rock and right. now i some of my favorite songs are country songs like the lyrics are so incredibly yeah genius and like the i it's uh yeah i think it's just the angle that you write a song can mm-hmm. really make people think yeah oh absolutely mm-hmm. and it's it's uh and it's a format the great thing too is it's a format that people expect you. They want they're 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 willing for you. They'll go yeah. right with you. Yeah. And they don't put any they'll let you go as deep and as hard as you can go. Mm-hmm. Um it's an interesting job. It is an interesting <laughs> job. Yeah. And then it'll be interesting to see I'm curious to say a year from now when we see some sort of what whatever your creative output is. Mm-hmm. I am just I am so curious to see what the town's influence on you will be. Uh-huh. For sure, because it will, and what I'm not sure how. Yeah, you know, uh, but it'll be it'll be it'll be great to to listen and see what mm-hmm. you pick up and what's you know what tools are good for you and. Uh, yeah, um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so we were talking about um, your process with Jason on your first record. Mm-hmm. In which it was a natural process. You're writing songs, going to the beach, mm-hmm. and um, but it sounds like you've set up that same scenario here in town. Yeah, so I've reset that. That up. works for you more of a just hang, not not the cold meeting. Like your manager sets you up with this person <laughs> at ten o'clock in the morning. Yes, but but from what I have experienced before, um, you know, with my second album and on, when I did go to those. Uh, writing sessions where I didn't know the writers or the producers. Um, I'm so glad that I did those because I've made longtime friends and I loved the songs that we created and I continue working with them. So I'm trying to take that note of you've done it before. Why are you so scared to do it again, all over again with new people here? And once I do it, I'm going to make new friends here in Nashville and I'm going to be so relieved that I I put myself in those, you know, yeah. nerve wracking situations. Well, and as I said before, and I'm not sure if it was recording when I was on, so I'm going to say it again. I think from your world, these are real vulnerable feelings that you have mm-hmm. and just sharing with a stranger without getting to know them, that can be tough. But after you do, then you it is quite a bond. Yes, it does bond you. It does. Sure. I mean, one one session will really bond writers because there's no way for, if we were to write a song today, we'd have to get into it. Mm-hmm. We'd have to talk about anything. If it was real, you know, if we wanted to really try to write something, we'd have to get into things that you don't normally get in talk about when yeah. you first meet a person and have some coffee. Yeah. So I think that's why people, I think, I think that's why writers bond so heavily and so quickly. Yes. And it's great too, because you, you learn to be more honest. Yeah. And you learn what you think. Mm-hmm. So you're riding with your friends and you're going through the same sort of process here that you were doing in Malibu. Yeah. Going sort of collecting song collector. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll see what happens from there. Exactly. Right now it's uh it's gonna be in a really enjoyable yeah. process where And if you popped off a Carrie Underwood number one in the meantime, you'd be okay with that. Of course. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be really cool. It's awesome. It's great. Have you have you had big cuts of your songs with other artists? Um I've had a other couple than duets cuts, and but stuff? 
Um, not fully, no, because I never, we never gave my songs yeah, out. Yeah. It was always, I wanted to, because that's the funny thing is I would write so many songs and I'd be like, this is actually like a, a huge pop song. And I, this is not, I'm not going to be the kind of artist that's going to, you know, uh, sell this or portray mm-hmm. this. And so, but you know, uh, my team and I would always decide like, well, maybe let's keep them for you at another time. Right. And so now I, I'm kind of like, oh, there's so many of those songs that I'd love to play people or, yeah. or to start all over again and, and help, you know, uh, just because as a songwriter, it's, it's, it is crazy that we can write all different styles of oh, yeah. music. I think it's fun. I think you'll love it. Yeah. I think it's very freeing to get out of your thing and try to get into somebody else's headspace. For sure. It's a little daunting, but when you do it, it's really fun and it, it's very freeing. I think it'll be yeah. great for you'll love it and you'll. It, it's great to hear someone else sing your song, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's a thrill. Feel really cool. Huh? It's a thrill. Yeah, it is. Um, so, do you feel like you will stay in Nashville for a while? Yeah, definitely. We just bought a new house here. Oh, like, awesome. We, so we moved here a year ago here. and we just yeah. removed here. <laughs> yeah, and then and then part time in Hawaii too. So yeah, you, we we talked about that before we started. We both have a love for Hawaii. Yes, definitely yeah. Hawaii and then California. Obviously, yeah. I go back every month to see my family. So well, and it's good to stop in California. Um, this is a, such a long flight. Yeah, I've, we've been realizing that because we've been to Hawaii a bunch of times this year since we moved here, and I'm like, oh wow, how did why did we do that? Why do we have you know. Well, Justin's from Hawaii, but why do we go back and forth from Nashville and Hawaii? They're just so far yeah. apart. <laughs> but who cares? But you it's get Hawaii. to Hawaii and yeah. you're all good. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no complaining. You we get can't off the complain. Plane and get a big breath of air and you're like, oh. Retirement Everyone. goal. Yes. Retirement goal. Well put. <laughs> Kobe Calais. It was so great to have you. Really, I've <laughs> really you. enjoyed hearing you talk and getting to know you a little bit here. Thank you. Um, I think it's just going to be great for you here. I got a good feeling about you being in Nashville. Well, I'm so glad that we got to meet and talk, yeah. and I feel like yeah. we're going to be lifelong friends. I so. think we are, too. <laughs> I think we are, too. So uh, if we could reserve the right, maybe next year we could do a part two. Let's do it. And we'll see where you're at then on your journey. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Pitch List, the songwriter's podcast. 